Welcome to Wellness You, a podcast designed to help you learn more about your health and how to live your best life. Podcast hosts include Chiropractic Essence and Essence Med, Bambi's Green Acres Natural Market, My Nurse Healthcare, and First Row Fitness, all of Council Bluffs, Iowa. Before we hear from this episode's host, let's learn more about everyone here at Wellness U. Wellness U brought to you in part by Essence Health Group, home to Chiropractic Essence and Essence Med, your one stop for joint health and overall wellness in Council Bluffs. So if you've been told you are bone on bone or a candidate for knee replacement, or if you're suffering from knee or other joint pain and want a non-invasive, non-surgical option, Essence Med and Council Bluffs is the place for you. With over 160 five-star patient reviews, this is a healthcare practice that focuses on real results through their custom joint program. The team of doctors at Essence Med focuses on tailoring care to the individual and finding the best plan of care in the least invasive manner. This is healthcare reimagined. Chiropractic Essence is under the same roof and also the fastest-growing chiropractor in Council Bluffs with a focus on community and offers a hybrid technique that is safe, precise, and effective for all ages. Their office is filled with happy, healthy families that have reduced or eliminated their pain and have developed healthier lifestyles thanks to chiropractic Essence. With the latest techniques and technologies, Essence is not just a healthcare clinic to reactively reduce symptoms, but rather a practice that is laser-focused on improving our bodies and building them up to the most optimal state. Give them a call at 712-308-8161 for a healthier you. 712-308-8161. This episode of Wellness You brought to you by Bambi's Green Acres Natural Marketing Council Bluffs. If you're searching for healthy supplements, herbal products, information, education, and more, come visit us at Bambi's Green Acres Natural Market right here in Council Bluffs for 26 years where we put health in your hands. Call today, 712-323-5799. Also brought to you by First Row Fitness. Join host Carrie McDonald, personal trainer, sports nutrition specialist, and owner of First Row Fitness for discussions on improving your fitness, nutrition, and quality of life. You'll experience a no-nonsense approach to nutrition and all things fitness and be inspired by guests who change their lives by deciding to take control of their health. You can even submit your own questions for Carrie to address, so look for episodes of Wellness You hosted by Carrie McDonald. Welcome to this episode of Wellness You. I'm Todd Studer, and in studio today, Julie Wiesman of My Nurse Healthcare. How are you today, Julie? I'm wonderful, wonderful. The sun is shining, and I'm so glad, but I hear that the the bad words are coming. So. Well, as we are recording this, it is March 7th, so <laughs> yes, and, and where we are located at in Council Bluffs, there is talk of uh, snow mixed with rain, mixed with all kinds of nastiness coming again. We're crossing our fingers that we can chase it out, but as of this point, that's what's happening. Well, thanks for having me. You know, I kind of want to talk, I have a great guest in the studio today, and we'll talk to her in just a second. But I kind of want to talk about what my focus is for the year. Uh, me as a woman, as a mom, as a registered nurse, as a business owner, I just, you know, I'm in my 45th year young. And I just think that there's so many things that I have lost track of along the way. So 2023 for me professionally, personally is the year of proactivity not reactivity. And I say that a lot to a lot of my patients. And I know nurses are the worst. And if you're a nurse out there and you're listening to this, you know exactly what I mean. 
by that. Do you know what I mean? What what comes to your head? And I'll introduce you here in just a second, mystery guest, but you're a nurse. So, yes, absolutely. So um, probably taking care of everybody else way before I take care of myself is the first yeah. thing that nurses do. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's. I always think I'm a type 1 diabetic and I do a lot of diabetes education. And I spent the better part of my 30s and if I'm being quite honest, most of my 20s, just very noncompliant. And I educate and teach people about diabetes, diabetes prevention, education, medication, stuff like that. But then it's like, am I really following that? So I preface this with nurses are the worst. But this year for me is going to be healthier eating, healthier living, and self-care. And we do have, at My Nurse Healthcare, we have a women's conference each year. This year, it's going to be in October, and we title it Refill My Cup, and that is absolutely true. I cannot refill someone else's cup if my cup isn't full. So I cannot take care of someone else if I'm not taking care of myself. So having said that, today, my guest is Maria Long. She's a board-certified nurse practitioner. She started a business called Pillars of Health and Wellness. And she has a very broad spectrum of what she offers. But one of the things that I brought her in to talk to her about today is she is studying to be a tobacco cessation hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just huge. I mean, so today we're going to talk about tobacco cessation and all that can come good from stopping smoking and maybe even deter some people from smoking. I mean, I know myself, I have never smoked, um, grew up with a smoker. My mom's a smoker, and I think she's smoked since she was 14 years old, and she's going to love that I call her out that she's, I think, 67 years old, and she's smoked all the time. But she's been, you know, blessed enough not to have had illness. I mean, she takes no medication, but that's not typical for people who are smoking. And so I just kind of wanted to call you in and have a conversation like we've had person to person, but share it with everybody else, because I think you have a lot of great education to share. And I want to bring it out to everybody. And we're going to talk tobacco cessation. So I think that's pretty all encompassing. And I'd love to hear your thoughts here in a little bit too about vaping. Vaping is what people believe to be the better alternative. And I'm curious to see if you feel, you know, in, in, in your research and education, if you think it's the better, you know, alternative. So first, I'd, I'd like you to kind of tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, maybe some of your educational background, and then tell us a little bit about Pillars, too, because that's pretty exciting. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invite and for getting to be a part of this. Um, So, yes, I am a board-certified family nurse practitioner. Um, I have a master's degree in the science of nursing, and I got into nursing um, at a very young age, starting out in nursing homes and in um, some hospitals, just with the the thought of wanting to help people get better and wanted to help people to overcome, you know, various different obstacles related to their health. And so I kind of got into tobacco cessation a little more in depth about five years ago, nearly five years ago. Um, I lost somebody very dear, near and dear to me, uh, my best friend. She was 48 years old 
when she died from lung cancer, which was directly related to her um, tobacco tobacco use. And so it made me realize that, you know, as much as she wanted to quit smoking, that it was very challenging. And so one of the things that we all, we started to look at was education and educating people and the importance of educating people in tobacco cessation. We all have seen those commercials where we have a frying pan and we have the eggs in the frying pan and this is your brain and this is your brain on drugs. And we know that that was designed as a scare tactic. And the reality of it is, did it work? We have an opioid epidemic. Did it really work? And so education is extremely important in teaching people what tobacco use does. We all know that, you know, obviously it has detrimental effects on the body. Mm -hmm. But sometimes just like that's kind of a broad um, comment, but sometimes we like to educate people on the actual um, effects that it has on the body, but then also the effects that stopping smoking has on the body. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a question that we ask in every admission, every discharge in nursing, in nursing land, you know, in a hospital, in a nursing home, in whatever we're doing in a doctor's office, do you smoke? How much do you smoke? How long have you smoked? How many packs a day? I mean, we're talking about right now, uh, you know, in preparation for this podcast, I researched the average pack of cigarettes right now cost $8. When I went to the gas station last night, I stood there with a clerk and I'm like, okay, let's figure out the average. The average cost $8. So if you're doing a pack of cigarettes $8 a day, that's $248 a month and $2,000. Nine hundred and twelve dollars a year. I mean, that's a vacation. Absolutely, that's a new hot tub. Absolutely. I mean, I I just I can't and and like I said, you know, in my year of proactivity, I'm looking at financial wellness as well, and I just think, what could I do with two thousand nine hundred and twelve dollars? You know, and you know, we're kind of in that same boat in my house. I'm not a smoker. My husband used chewing tobacco. And it's equally as expensive. And so, you know, sorry, Brian, but hopefully you'll you'll listen to this a little bit more. And, and I understand addiction. I mean, somebody, everybody has a little form of addiction at some point somewhere in their world. You know, mine is food. But I know how debilitating it is and... You know, can you tell us a little bit about what you see on the addictive side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, let me start with, we know that there's three health behaviors that are directly affected by four different health disparities. So three, those three health behaviors are smoking, physical inactivity, and dietary um, choices. Those three activities lead to the four leading causes of death and disability, you know, heart disease, cancer, stroke, and diabetes. So even though we know that those organ systems, those healthcare disparities are there. Most people would think, oh, well, I'll just, why don't they just quit? Why, why not? Why don't they just stop? Because we know it causes heart disease, because we know it causes cancer, because we know it causes stroke and diabetes, because we know that every single organ system in the body is affected. So why don't we, why don't they just quit? You know, what's, what's the big deal? Well, the reality of it is, is oftentimes that with tobacco use, it is not just strictly the nicotine. The nicotine's is the addictive piece that is in a cigarette. There's 7,000 chemicals in a cigarette. 
6,069 of those chemicals are known carcinogenics. So when we have all this information, you know, ideally it's just, well, they should just quit. But when we think about, there's also the behavior component. There is that habit. There's that addiction piece. And that is the piece where, so we have the physiological addiction. We also have the behavioral addiction. First thing in the morning, many times people get up and as soon as they have a cup of coffee, they have their cigarette with their cup of coffee, or they, as soon as they get up and they head to work, first thing they do is they grab a cigarette. And oftentimes patients tell us that when they are driving to work, they realize that they're smoking and they maybe were not necessarily planning on having a cigarette. They were maybe not necessarily planning, feeling the urge to have a cigarette, but it was that habit. So oftentimes the addiction is one piece of it, but then the behavioral component is another piece. And so we like to tackle both sides of it. Um, you know, the addiction side is we are dealing with re um, nicotine receptors throughout the entire body. So when you smoke, those nicotine receptors are awake. They're like little fingers throughout the body when they're like, oh, hey, where's that nicotine? And then when you stop smoking, they're still looking. They're still waving like little fingers. Like in the ocean, you see the, the seaweed and the coral and stuff moving back and forth. And that's kind of what the receptors do in the body is they start, they're wiggling around and they're looking. But the longer that you go without smoking, those nicotine receptors start to slow down and they start to go to sleep for lack of a better term, but they start to um, settle down. And then that you reach a point where those nicotine receptors are not active. And when they are active, the activity of those nicotine receptors are pretty mild and they're tolerable. So this is where we bring in the behavior piece and we help you to change habits. We help you to identify your triggers. And then we also help you to identify your barriers. I, I love that you bring up the behavior because that's not even what registers to me. At, you know, when I talk, when I think about the word, words tobacco cessation in my head, I think about the addictive side of it before the behavior side. But while I'm preparing for this, I was talking to my director um, for our area up here, the Council Bluffs area director for minors healthcare, Sarah. She took the leap last year and quit smoking. And when I was talking to her, I, I asked her, I said, what is the biggest quality of life factor that you found when you quit smoking? Because she, she uses an app and it tells her like so many days without a cigarette. And she was one that went from smoking cigarettes to the vaping. And then she's got, I want to say she's got, she, she put herself on like a two-year plan. So she's been cigarette free for a year. And then she's got like nine months or something like that left for vaping that she's given herself. But she uses an app. But I said, what's some of the things that increased your quality of life by, by stopping? And she said, you know, one of the things that resonates with me the most is that I spend more time doing the things that I need to do like dishes, starting dinner, you know, eating meals versus choosing to smoke on breaks at work, you know, going without a healthy lunch and just saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to smoke two cigarettes really fast and then get something from the vending machine. And she, she also said, which I thought was really interesting that she feels that her sense of smell is better. And she also notices that her vehicle, her clothing smell better and they don't smell. And she says, there's a certain level of shame and embarrassment that comes with this as a smoker being around a lot of non-smokers. 
And I, I thought that was pretty powerful because I didn't, I certainly didn't think about the, the piece of, you know, doing the things that she would rather be doing than being encumbered by the addiction and the behavior piece of it. Absolutely. That is one of the things that we hear often from um, patients that are trying to quit smoking. They talk about some of the things that they've noticed. Um, and this is maybe more so towards women. Who knows? Maybe men, it affects men too. But um, premature wrinkles. How many women want to have wrinkles? Oh. None of us do. Um, that's why we always lather all the stuff on our face and on our skin to prevent wrinkles. But smoking increases your risk for premature wrinkles. And we start to see an improvement in skin elasticity within 30 to 60 days of somebody that has quit smoking. We also absolutely, the taste, the smell, the, those senses are directly affected by the tobacco use, thus affected by stopping tobacco. One of the things that I've had um, several patients tell me is that when they quit smoking, foods that they hated before, they actually like. And foods that they know, that they don't like, they they suddenly like them. And then all of a sudden, you also have some that were like, oh, I lo- used to love these, but I don't love them anymore. So there's always that sense of taste and smell. Another one that is not probably so well known is vision. Um, smoking affects vision. It affects, you know, like I said earlier, every single organ system in the body. And when you think about it's a nicotine is a vasoconstrictor. So what it does is it clamps down on those blood vessels. And so those blood vessels of the eyes, the kidneys, even the sexual organs are affected by um, cigarette smoking. So we have had patients tell us that when they have quit smoking, they've noticed a change in their vision, a a change in their um, sense of taste and smell and an improvement in libido. Yep, I just went there. No, that's awesome. I mean, that's what, that's what we're here for is community education and say some of the things that may be difficult to say and talk about. And, and some of the generations have are very uncomfortable talking about those things. So it's awesome. Um, you know, I didn't even think about the eyes. And I should have because I think stroke or CVA mm-hmm. and, you know, is so prevalent. But, you know, absolutely. And I, I mean... These are all things that are or can be reversed. I mean, really, everything we've talked about thus far can be rectified by stopping. So, And if you think about what it's doing to us, you know, think about secondhand smoke. Think about those people that are exposed to us. Now, granted, years ago, it was very socially acceptable. And as your friend was talking about the uncomfortableness of being a smoker around a bunch of non-smokers, Years ago, it was very acceptable. It was very normal. People smoked on airplanes or smoked in restaurants. Now it's almost getting to to a taboo. It's almost like, ooh, they're a smoker. or And it's not necessarily intentional, but it's just, it's just the way it is. And we have had people tell us that they had previously would have to go out after dinner. Say they were at a restaurant. They'd go out before their family so they could have a cigarette. Or they come in later. You know, the family goes and sits down. They have a cigarette. And we have had several patients tell us that that is uncomfortable for them, that they do not want to do that, that they want to go in with their family, leave with their family, and not have that as one of their barriers. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. That is something that we hear very often. But then when we start thinking about those family members that we love and we care about, we start have to think of thinking about secondhand smoke. And this is not one that we hear a lot about, and that's third-hand smoke. So secondhand smoke we know is like if you know we're in a room and the smoke that we're taking in is that secondhand smoke. Third-hand smoke is 
the residue that is left behind. So if you smoke inside of your home um, and you have children, those children, then where does everything go for a child? Straight to their mouth. So your child touches your coffee table, um, touches your table, you're smoking in your kitchen where the high chair is. And I know that that probably doesn't happen as often as it used to, but it is still happening. Baby or child sits in the high chair, touches the walker, touches the coffee table, hands go straight to their mouth. So we see, we're see we seeing an increase in GI dif difficulties with second and third hand smoke. Um, we see increase in asthma in our in our especially our children and population that are exposed to secondhand smoke. But secondhand and thirdhand smoke are very prevalent. And the damage that it does to others is, um, is actually increasing. You know, two things came to mind here. One of the things I was thinking about, too, is it which, it, which hand of smoking is it? Like if someone's holding the baby of a smoker. Is that secondhand? That would be secondhand smoke. Okay. And then I also think one of the things that Sarah said, too, she's an asthmatic, my director there. She said that, uh, you know, she hasn't needed her inhaler one time since she quit smoking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she was using it once, twice, three times a day sometimes. So, so her lungs will continue to improve. She will continue to have health improvements um, from quitting smoking. So kudos to her. And I know, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the other comorbidities that come with smoking, um, you know, or cessation, at, at least, you know, we could see a decrease in reflux or GERD, um, decrease in cardiovascular disease, COPD. I know we know about the respiratory repercussions, mm -hmm. but w is there anything else I'm missing on, you know, you said we talked about libido, we talked about eyes. What are some other things that will get better once a smoker stops too. Yeah, so there is not a single organ system that is not affected by smoking. So um, if you, I mean, if, we should, if we're thinking about like from our, our lar largest organ is the skin. So obviously improved um, skin elasticity, decreased wrinkles when we quit smoking. We've talked about the senses, you know, the, the taste um, of food, the smell of food. Um, gum disease, we see a decrease in gum disease when people quit smoking. Um, their breath t smells better. So if you're, you know, in close contact with somebody and you're having a conversation with them, there's that, there's not that concern of, oh, does my breath smell because I've been smoking or because of the damage that's already been done to my teeth. That, that all improves. Um, then we start, obviously, cardiovascular and cardiopulmonary risk are decreased. We start seeing the um, improvement in decreased risk for lung cancers um, the sooner you quit smoking. And we see even patients that we uh, monitor for lung nodules, we see an improvement in their lung function with um, decrease, decreasing with smoking. And then, of course, we've talked about libido. We talk about kidneys. Kidney function is you're at a higher rate risk of developing kid, chronic kidney disease if you are a smoker because of the damage that's being done to those vessels. little blood vessels. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then if you think about neuropathy too. So if you already have neuropathy, um, a lot of times diabetics do, they have neuropathy of the feet, the fingertips. And then on top of that, you add nicotine, which is a, a known vasoconstrictor. It clamps that blood vessel down, so it makes it even worse. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about you know, all the things that can come of it, but let's back up a little bit and let's talk about 
well, I guess we got to talk about Pillars Health and Wellness, too, because obviously I was so excited to talk to you today. I just kind of hopped right in. So um, let's talk about what are some of the services that you offer? Okay, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So Pillars Health and Wellness, we are a health and wellness business, and our approach is a pillar type approach where we look at the pillars of life strengthening our our um, overall health and wellness. And so the, the main pillars that we focus on is physical health, mental health, and financial health. And the physical health of pillars um, in, will include hormone balancing, weight loss, nutritional supplementation, increased libido, and help with sleeping. But then we also offer the mental health piece of it, which will include um, healing touch, yoga therapy, different types of therapies. And that piece will get expanded as we continue to grow. But it will also, um, some of the nutritional supplements that we offer through Pillars Health and Wellness, they are plant-based, they are non-GMO, they are vegan, and they, they are tested, regularly tested. But they help with sleep as well. Who feels wonderful after they have a really crappy night's sleep? Nobody. Mm -hmm. Sleep is so vitally important. And then the the final pillar that we offer is the um, financial pillar, which we offer a opportunity for growth within pillars as well. That's wonderful. And when did you guys establish yourselves? So we have been part of pillars for, we established pillars just this last, this year. So in about January of this year is when we established pillars. And then, um, but we've kind of been in the nutritional wellness for a little bit of time, a couple of years, especially as I got more into my studies as a nurse practitioner um, and working, you know, for a a multi-pronged approach to healthcare. I've seen Um, when I've worked in primary care, that a lot of times there's this focus on strictly medication. And and believe you me, I firmly believe that there's a time and a place for medication. But I think all too often that is our go-to. That is is the go-to as a provider simply because in a lot of cases, it's the easiest way. And that's what people want. People want easy. They want fast. And it's easier to get somebody to prescribe to a pill versus prescribe to a lifestyle. And that's what we want to we want to change is like these lifestyle changes don't have to be drastic. They don't have to be out running marathons. They don't have to be you're eating grass or you know straight vegetables. There is it's a multi pronged approach to overall health and wellness that tends to be a little more sustainable. And that's why we're we've we've decided to develop pillars health and wellness and help people to grow their overall health and wellness. I think that's great. You know when we when when Todd kind of approached a group of us about starting this podcast called Wellness You. You know, just exactly what you just said was what I said in our first meeting was, I'm a nurse. I believe in science. I believe in the black and white. But I believe that there's also room for some other, you know, functional medicine approaches that, you know, we don't have to go straight to medication. And I believe in medication. I mean, we see it every day in our in our work life, but there's also a time where there's so much polypharmacy going on that we don't know which side effect is coming from what because, you know, everything is so layered anymore. And I think that there's so much room for us getting back to basics, the basics of moving our body, the basics of healthy eating and you know, it's kind of, it's my, the year of proactivity. 
And it's funny, you you use the word sustainable because I have it written here on my notes that that's one of my goals this year is like sustainable gardening. You know, I'm kind of old lady nerd and that's what I'm researching right now. But, you know, I, I think that there's so many things that pillars can offer people. And so some of the services that you provide, you do coaching and um, and if you don't, you know, I, I love that you're a resource. And I always tell people, like people say, it's probably just because I talk all the time, people say I know a lot of things. But I don't know everything, but I know where to find everything or I know who to talk to. And I feel like coming to Pillars, that's kind of what I'm getting with you too, is that if it's not something that maybe you're a subject matter expert in, you're going to direct me to the place that it would be. But having a coach or a advocate um, in my corner is just hugely beneficial. And it's kind of the same belief system that I have with my agency because we're nurse navigators. So we may not know everything, but we know where to find everything to help you. And so tell me a little bit about maybe what a client looks like for you. So a client for me would look like anyone that is trying to make a lifestyle change. And that lifestyle change could be strictly related to tobacco cessation. That lifestyle change could be they just want some tips and tricks and ideas, education on weight loss. That client could be somebody that has a low vitamin D level. And realistically, this time of year in this part of the region, who does not have a low vitamin D level? So, but they just want a little bit of assistance in um, knowing where to go and what to use to increase their vitamin D levels. That client could be somebody that is really struggling with sleeping at nighttime. And what can we use? What can we help them do to get them a good night's sleep? We all know that after a good night's sleep, we feel so much better mentally, physically. We have much more clarity. Um, we also look at helping patients understand the or clients understand the need for good nutrition and avoiding toxic substances when possible. Obviously, it's not something that we're going to always avoid, but avoid toxic toxic substances when available. So, um, any client that is just interested in feeling a little bit better, and we will pick and choose what works best for them. It's a, um, it's not a, you're going to follow my lead and this is the end of it. It's a bi-directional, let's talk, let's have conversation, let's decide what works best for you. Yeah, I love the individualized care plans that you're doing. You know, you and I were having a conversation with uh, about four or five 20-somethings on Sunday. And when you mentioned, you know, none of us here at this table have a great vitamin D, I can guarantee you that. And their eyes just lit up like, holy crap, that's so totally true. And I think that, the, you know, we should just do one, a podcast called The Power of Vitamin D. Because, <laughs> I mean, talk a little bit about that because you have a great point of view on it. Yeah. So vitamin D plays a role in not, you know, a lot of times we think of like vitamin D, we think of like osteoporosis, but the reality of it is vitamin D also directly affects our immune health. And there's several studies out that showed during COVID that people that had the worst symptoms 
were ones that were low in vitamin D. And so with vitamin D, you know, the southern region, the closer you get to the equator, the more exposure you have to the sunlight. Um, And then, and that's obviously your absolute best way to get your vitamin D in is through the sunlight. 15 to 20 minutes a day out in the sun, getting, you know, as much of your skin exposed. Okay, let's be realistic. Who's going to go outside right now here in Nebraska and Iowa, here in the Midwest region, who's going to go outside with as much of their skin exposed today? I'm not. It's too cold. So but so this is where supplementation comes into play. And then so you have to make sure that your vitamin D supplement um, is not just strictly taken by itself. You know, you want to take it with food, you want to take it with K2, and you want to get the most out of your supplement so that you're not taking handfuls and handfuls of different supplementation. But yes, yeah, so vitamin D is one of those um, one of those vitamins that it's a fat soluble, so it's needed. You need a fat for to carry it across the cell membrane, and this is where you know taking it with um, with food is best. And if you need to add fish oil, you can always add fish oil as well, or avocado is very good if you're taking vitamin D. Add it with some avocado for better absorption. So as a nurse practitioner, is that one of the lab values that you probably order quite a bit? Oh, absolutely. And um, I'm, I'm doing kind of a stint right now in uh, mental health. And that is one of the things that we are checking frequently. And that is um, with all of our patients that come in. And even in primary care, I did the vitamin D level was like, that's a, it's a given. It's everybody gets their vitamin D level checked on an annual basis. And then, and even personally, like I'll, I'll speak to my, for myself when I had my vitamin D level um, checked, this was, it was over and it was in the fall and my level was low. And so your levels, you know, range like 30 to hundred. So my vitamin D level was like 19 and I oh, took geez. a vitamin D. Yeah, it was very low. So I took a vitamin D supplement and um, and then within four weeks, I did get it. Re- Usually you wait six to eight weeks to get it rechecked again. But I did get it rechecked in four weeks just because of um, testing that I needed to have done for a procedure. And um, within the four weeks, my vitamin D level went from 19 to 28. And so and I haven't had a recheck since I'm actually due to go back here soon. But um, we see that very often is like when we add vitamin D supplementation taken with food or with fish oil, um, we start we see these numbers increase drastically. And it's such a wide range. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I know a lot of our anti-anxieties, antipsychotics, and antidepressants will kind of leach that from us, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I know that I've heard you say before that not all vitamin D supplements are built alike. No, definitely not. You want to make sure that the vitamin D, you're getting as much absorption from the vitamin D as you can. So you want to make sure that the supplementation is in the correct form, um, that it is paired with K2, and that, again, you're taking it with some type of healthy fat. Tell us a little bit about K2. You know, because when I hear the word K2, I know it's potassium. It's it's kind of a, that's one that it, it's a little bit hard to explain. I just know it helps to bind the vitamin D. Okay, that's that's what I'm going to yes. Because when I hear K2, my brain goes to, you know, what I'm hearing in the news, like, what's the drug? What's the illegal drug? Is that K2? You know what I mean? I, yeah, I don't know that one. I mean, I know, but <laughs> I, I stay away from the illegal well, stuff. Well, <laughs> me too. Me too. I don't usually, you know. No, I mean, I think 
you know, just I just wanted to kind of preface that we're talking about potassium, and we give we give potassium for a lot of things in medical land for absorption. Potassium. It's not potassium. No, it's not. What is it? It's another mineral. But so, oh, it's a mineral. Okay, great, 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 great. Okay, see, learning, learning. Yeah her for me that's great i didn't know mm-hmm. so good so i'm glad you know yeah. if i had questions about it that means our audience had questions too yeah, so absolutely i'm glad it's good that's good and i know that you're right um pairing up vitamin d with um food is always better i didn't even think about the avocado though yeah and especially since it's fat soluble yeah if you and you if you can get those healthy fats in that is always obviously better and it you know avocado is high in um, is one of our healthiest fats. Fish oil is a healthy fat as well. Yeah. So awesome. Tell us a little bit about how we can find you. So, um, so we are at right now. We're at um, we're going through email and as we're building our website, but it is pillars health and wellness at gmail dot com. And so, if you have any questions, you can always shoot me an email. And I will, you know, respond usually within 24 hours if there's a specific thing that you want to learn about, if there's a specific topic, um, if there's a specific need that you have that you want help with. We um, can answer emails within 24 to 48 hours, generally 24 hours. And I just want to say that that's Pillars, P-I-L-L-A-R-S. Yes. Health and wellness at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I super appreciate you being here. And anything else that you want to let our listeners know? Um, there's not anything in particular. I appreciate the time um, being here. I appreciate any chance I get to educate people on nutritional supplementation, on overall health and wellness, and obviously, especially on tobacco cessation. It is um, a challenge for some people, and but it, it can be done. It definitely can be done. It's not um, not always easy. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear people say, well, oh, I just put it down. So I don't know why you can't just put it down. But everybody's on their own journey. It takes some people six, on average, six to eight t- tries to quit smoking. And so even if you didn't do it the first time, let's try it again. You know, reach out to me. Let's set up a plan to get you off the cigarettes or tobacco. And I know earlier you said something about vaping. And so... Um, Vaping, there's kind of like this myth or, I don't know, maybe a thought process that vaping is better. But here's the reality. The research does not support that, that that vaping is better. But we also know that it took us 150 years to truly understand the damages related to smoking. Do we really want to vape for 150 years to find out the damages that are caused? Or do we want to use a little bit of common sense and realize that you do not put things into your lungs other than air and think that it's going to be okay. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I think my next pod cha- podcast should be on ADD because, you know, <laughs> I have all these notes going here on question mark. And, and I, I did ask you at the beginning about vaping. And I want to end on some of your exciting studies that you're getting ready to start this week or next week. So um, kind of sort of started yesterday, but officially tomorrow. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about that. So I am being trained as a clinical hypnosist um, for tobacco. My focus will be primarily on tobacco cessation and um, hypnotist. 
say that. It's a hard word. That is a hard word, especially (laughs) when you're saying it all together. But yeah, so I start my training for that and looking forward to getting that done and having that as an additional piece of um, helping people that are trying to quit smoking. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for for you to go through that so you can help me with the weight loss piece of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for being here. And, uh, you know, we're definitely going to have you back because you have a lot of great information and education to share. And that's, you know, essentially my platform here is just sharing what what little beans I have in my brain and uh, getting it out there for people. And I know people are just hungry for information and they want to be healthier and they want to be happy. And, you know, I love the foundations that Pillars Health and Wellness focuses on, um, the the physical side, the mental health side, the financial piece. I mean, I think a lot of times we forget about that financial piece. And that is so, so important to all the other pieces. Because, you know, we talked in my last podcast with Kate Sampson about, uh, you know, the cost of healthy eating. It's terrible that we have to worry about it's cheaper to go to McDonald's than it is to buy some fresh fruits and vegetables, you know. So I think that you adding in that financial piece is going to be very, very helpful. And I think, you know, your your audience is huge. It's everybody. It's not just seniors. It's not just, you know, 20-somethings. It's everybody, and I think you have a lot of great information to share, and I'm so glad you came in and, and visited with us. And, you know, as nurses, it's not it's not always in our wheelhouse to be, you know, in this beautiful studio with these headphones on, you know, listening to Todd with his radio voice, and then we, you know, we're stumbling over every word and stuttering and, you know, but, you know, I, I appreciate your time and stepping out of your, your comfort zone a little bit and... And uh, look forward to working with you more. Thank you so much. And yes, definitely stepping out of my comfort zone more than a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) But thank you. Thank you. Well, I was going to not say anything on the way out, (laughs) but now I have to. (laughs) Julie, Maria, thank you both for your time on this episode of Wellness You. And also thank you for listening. We release new episodes each week. So until next time, take care.